All right, we're going to begin yesterday's daf was number nun dala number fifty four. Today's fifty five, and Freilich and Chanukah, everyone. Okay, so uh, we'll do a review of yesterday's daf. Get to today's. We have a mind of four shleima for Adas Basronia, Amy Bastvora, Michal Aviv Basyodis, and Moshe Ben Chefza, and all else who need a refuah. And with that, we'll do the review of yesterday's daf. So what did we learn yesterday? Somebody who makes a vow from a yerek. So the word yerek connotes certain types of, you know, things grown from the ground. Um, it's uh, uh, fruit from the ground. Paris arets, really. Hadamas, okay. Um, does it mean uh, also to include, so the Tanakhama says, that it does not mean uh, gourds. Gourds are just different. They grow on vines. They're they're different. They're they're just uh, they're different species. And Rebbe says no. It's also included. So the answer Rebbe but uh, doesn't a person tell a shliach buy me a yerek in the store in the market? And he comes back and he says, I all I can find is Duluin. Do you want it? Not like you have to ask. So he says that's exactly a proof to me because if he says. He would never say something that's totally off the mark, right? He wouldn't say, oh, I found this beans, if he asked for Yerek. So obviously, it's in the wall park. So that's the proof, the opposite. Um, so uh, also included in, in the Yerek, as interesting as this Pula Mitzri, because it's like almost two different species. When it's fresh, then it's just eaten like that. And when it's, uh, and when it's dried, it's, like a, it's, a, it's, a, it's something totally different. You know, you grind it down or whatever it is, you cook it differently. Um, so that's the story with that. Now, um, the question is really, we the Gemara is having a hard time with Rabbi Kiva over here. Yerek doesn't mean Duluin, it's clear. And uh, why is he saying it does? So that's the question. So uh, Raula explains that he must have said something broader than just, you know, no termine Yerek. Um, it was uh, he said Yarke Kedera? So the Gemara says Yarke Kedera. Also, I wouldn't say it's just things that are put in a <coughs> excuse me something that's put in a pot. But rather Yarke Kedera, I would say is uh, things that maybe flavor the pot, like that are also not really vegetables per se, like kind of like garlic or uh, uh, something like that. Uh, you know, garlic or onions. So Gemara uh, says. <coughs> Excuse me, not, not Yarke Kedera, but um, yeah, it'll be helpful. Thank you. Just in case. All right, Yarke Kedera, but rather Yerek Hamisbashel Bekedera Light. That's a little bit more uh, broader than just Yerek, and it's Misbashel Bekedera. So, yeah, chords go in also. <laughs> also in a, in a pot. So, that's the story. Okay. So um, then the Gemara um, said, what's the machlok is exactly? If something is uh, what a shlech would need to ask about, it, <coughs> I'm so sorry, um, that, uh, that's something that they hold is a sign that it's not that species. And according to Rabbi Kiva, that's a sign that it's still part of the species. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, as a buyer that Rabbi Kiva would agree that as far as Malchus goes, you're definitely not going to get Malkus on it. Um, and that's because even Rabbi Kiva is not saying it's for sure included. He's saying that you've got to worry that maybe it's included. 
have to be machmir min then maybe that's also what he meant. But we're never going to give Malchus if that's what he ate, because maybe that isn't what he meant. So that's a qualifier, even in Rebbe Kiva, he's not saying it is a definite, more as a, as a maybe. Okay. That brought us to uh, um, uh, who is the Tanakam uh, uh, of our Mishnah. No, who's the Tana of this upcoming Mishnah? Because the Mishnah says, if a guy says, give, me, give meat to the guests, and the guy gives them liver, or he says, give liver to the guests, and the guy gives meat instead. Okay? So we said that the Shliach is the one who's more in Hegdish. The Allah is, is that if the Shliach listens to the Mishaleach, the one who sent him, and he does what he was told, and it was happened to be Hagdish, and that's what he served the guests. So he's the one who's mauled Hagdish. If the uh, if the if it's the other way around that he did his own thing, he didn't do what the guy told him to do, and it turned out to be Hagdish stuff, then he is the one mauled Hagdish, not the not the Balabas, not the one who told him what to do. I don't know if you remember, uh, we had the story not that long ago. Where uh, the Bal- the Balabas says, give them one each a, a slice of meat, and then on the, his own he gave them double, and then on their own they took three, right? <laughs> Basically, and they're all mobehegdish, okay? Because <laughs> uh, that was the idea, right? So like that's an example of uh, uh, that's the, that's the story. All right. Anyway, so the same the same thing over here. Uh, is the point being is liver, even though liver is certainly something that you would ask about. So we wouldn't Rabbi Kiva disagree with this uh, quote because it's saying that you're that he's not the shliach by the case of the liver. So what's the story? So the Gemara answers is that uh, this is a bai, uh, um, a bai gives an answer. He says no. Rabbi Kiva would agree over here. There's a big difference over here. Um, uh, Rabbi Kiva would agree, even Rabbi Kiva agrees that you still have to go back and ask the Balbas, well, you know, I couldn't find the meat, can I give them the liver? It's not the same thing, He'll, enough that you should have to ask. So since you have to ask, and he didn't ask, that's called not doing Yishlichus. Yishlichus isn't just to give liver, you know, that's not doing Yishlichus. You're right, liver is in the general rubric of meat, enough that you should ask about it, but if you didn't ask, then he definitely didn't do the Yishlichus. So as far as meal is concerned, of course the Yishlichus is the one who's going to be more bagdish. When it was said over to Rava, Rava says, he said a very good answer, he agreed with him. Okay, now who's the Tana that argues with the Bekiva? He said it's Rabbi Shimon Gamliel. Bryson brings down, somebody makes a vow from meat. He's not, uh, all meat is included. And also the Rosh, the uh, Raglayim, the Kone, the Kaved, the, the Lev, the Oifais, all those things um, are also in the prohibition. Okay, but what's excluded is, um, is fish, and grasshopper. Okay, Rosh Gamliel says, no, if you say basar, you only mean basar, but you don't mean all these not typical, atypical meats. So the the sweetbreads, the hoof, you know, pcha, uh, the lungs, liver, heart, uh, birds, uh, you know, fowl is also not included. Um, and of course not fish and uh, grasshopper. And that's where Rishim Gamliel says that innards is not even considered basar. If you eat it, you're not even a man. I don't know what it means. It means it's not, it's just not, uh, not really meant to be eaten. It's not uh, royal echil. Not royal That's really what he's saying. Anyway, question. Okay, so that's the that's so you see, Rishim Gamliel is the opposing opinion. He says that it's outside the the category. Okay, even though it's again, it's like sort of a subcategory of meat. Should have uh, if uh, if that's all he found, he would certainly ask about it. 
But uh, that being said, he's the opposing opinion. The question now is, um, why does the Tanakama um, include Basar Of and exclude Basar Dagim? If it has to do with the Pshad of Rabbi Kiva, that, you know, is something that you'd ask about, wouldn't you also ask by Basar Dagim? If that's meaning, if all he finds, he doesn't find any beef in the story, he says, go run to the supermarket, I need a piece of meat. Guy goes, does no meat in the store. But uh, this chicken, he'll call, he'll call him up and say, you know, look, I couldn't find any meat. Do you want chicken? So obviously, that's something that's mimlach. But what if there's no meat or chicken? He would say, there's no meat or chicken. Do you want a piece of fish? Right? You would say that too. So why is that out? Why is the fish completely out? And the, and the chicken in? That's the question. Okay, we're not really focused on the grasshopper. Sorry, that's like... That's for sure outside, okay. Um, so that's really the question. Um, so, um, the, so Abayi says, you're right, we're talking about here a very specific case, and it's based on the context. The context of the case is that this person just did a bloodletting. And everyone knows that after a bloodletting, you don't eat fish, Okay. Um, and since you don't eat fish, so therefore, when he says a vow that he's not going to have meat, he means to include the meat that he would be eating after a bloodletting. He certainly doesn't mean the meat that you don't eat after a bloodletting. So Gemara says, but even chicken, or or or, or all, all all fowl, Shmuel says that it that uh, that if you have uh, meat of a bird after a bloodletting. So then your heart is going to flutter like a bird, okay? Meaning it's not good for you. So, uh, and then we brought down, you know, in the Hilchas HaKaza, what to have after bloodletting. Again, it was a, considered a common cure in those days. Um, and, uh, you know, to get rid of diseases and whatever um, for, for quite a long time. I think, I just read, there was a, somebody posted an article about uh, George Washington when he got sick. They basically, he, he, they bled him to try and get him better. <laughs> like, they sort of went too far. That's how he died. Whatever. But I'm saying that means that even in the, you know, in the 18, or whatever, whatever it was, the early 1800s, that was, that was considered, all the way till then, considered, you know, a medicinal practice to, to bloodlet. Okay? Anyway, you gotta, still got to know what you're doing. Anyway, point being is, um, so fish and, and bird are, are both bad for it, also salted meat. So the Gemara explains, um, also uh, milk and cheese, well, once we mention it, eggs, cress, um, um, uh, fowl, and, uh, and salted meat. So the Gemara answers, you're right, but depends. But Ophos is not automatically not acceptable after... Um, after bloodletting, it depends how you cook it. If it's cooked very, very well, then it's also good for you. So, like having a chicken soup after, um, after bloodletting, that's quite good for you, and therefore that's fine. But if it's something like not fully cooked, not so well cooked, that's where it's really not good for you. Um, so that's one shot. That's the the first answer that we said. Okay, um, Abai's answer. Then Abai says another. Um, and maybe it's, uh, there's a different Kersi here because it was the first one was a Baye. This one is Rava. Rava gives another answer uh, that we're talking about where his eyes been bothering him. Yeah, we wanted to speak to you yesterday. You weren't here. Um, so uh, his eyes bothering him. Um, so he said fish is bad for the eyes. So he says, uh, if that's the case, 
So then, Adraba, fish is good for the eyes if you have an eye, because Shmuel says there's a hint for fish being good for the eyes because nun samachayin, which means nun, which is nuna, which is uh, Aramaic for fish, is samalinayim, it's medicine for the eyes. So my answer is you're right, it depends when. In the beginning of the illness, it's bad for the eyes. At the end of the illness, if you're starting to get better, so then on the upswing, then actually it's good for, the, good for you. So my theory was we thought we, we were theorizing together. That's without knowing anything. The mercury maybe is bad in fish and the uh, omegas might be good. I don't have no idea. No, Whatever. Well, they are good for the eyes. Yeah? What? Your eyes feel better here. You've got an eye ache. That's what the eye ache is. It depends what's causing the eye ache. <laughs> yeah, right. Figure out what's causing the eye ache. Better diagnostic process. <laughs> Anyway, so that's the story, and uh, <laughs> all right, that's the review.